Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambador. Hi, Gambo. Bernsie, what's going on? Are you, are you, are you upset? I'm a little worried about you today. Why? Because an Italian in the NBA know, got traded and he didn't go to the Phoenix. Yeah, Suns. yeah, I know. I, I talked I, to the Jazz. Um, the Suns were definitely in on him. The Suns were trying to get him. Um, but I, but the Detroit Pistons were able to offer Washington's second-round pick, which is going to be a really high pick in the second round. Um, and that trumped what the Suns were able to offer. But make no mistake about it, uh, Fontecchio was a guy that the Phoenix Suns were trying to get. <laughs> Sounds like the most gambo player ever, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. Simone Fontecchio! Simone Fontecchio! Is it Simone or Simone? I don't even know. Simone. Simone? Okay. Simone. Simone Fontecchio. Yes. They were trying to get to Detroit instead of the Phoenix Suns. But that was a player that the Suns did try to get over the last 24 to 48 hours. They 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 tried to make a move for him. And um but and I can't say it was just kicking the tires. They wanted to trade for him. They just didn't have the assets to do it. And and we're not talking about the trade deadline stuff just yet. I just wanted to make a little funny about an Italian going somewhere other than the Suns. Clearly, they tried to bring one. They tried to bring one. Yeah, they they tried, you know. I, I rumor has it there's a talk show host, an afternoon driver around here who would love to have a job over there on staff doing something if they really wanted to hire an Italian. Like, you know? no, I would never work for a team ever. <laughs> not that I, nothing against the, I, no, <laughs> never. Wow, shot that one down real oh quick. Oh my god, you? no. <laughs> too much work for you, Gambo. Like if you, too if many you, hours, too much work. Guys, this this lifestyle is much easier for you. To show up and talk man, those four guys hours have every day. Like, those guys work hard. Uh, those guys that work for the teams. Yeah. I respect all those guys, uh, Cole and Casey Wilcox and oh. Buddy Rich Nairn and Doug Tamro and all the people at all the teams that do it. Too Chris hard Melvin for Gambo. And, Too hard for Gambo. They come home very late at night. Those games end by the time they get home. It's one o'clock in the morning. Not I'm easy like, work. Yeah. It's not easy work. It's not easy work. We're gonna. Uh, the deadline is tomorrow in uh, 23 hours from right now. One o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We're gonna give you an update on what's going on with the trade deadline. Although you got a little sneak peek right there. In the meantime, we got to talk about last night's game first, and that is our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. And that's going to do it. Suns win. 114-106, the final score. They beat the Bucks in the first meeting of the season between these two and end their three-game losing streak in the series. Suns improved to 30-21 and on the season and are now 15-11 and here at home. Our good friend John Bloom on the call last night on Arizona Sports. 85 points combined from the big three and for only the second time in their last eight games. The Phoenix Suns won a fourth quarter last night. Yeah, they did. They did. They actually got up. There's, there's a lot of things to like and, and even some not to like about this game. But to me, the most important thing is that they got the win. It's a very difficult game to judge, and it was going to be difficult with Damian Lillard out and Brooke Lopez out. But then Kevin Durant stepped, and, and then and then uh, Chris Middleton stepped on his foot because Durant stepped into his space. It was a flagrant one, and then Middleton was gone from the game. First quarter. He was gone. So no Middleton, no Brooke Lopez, no Damian Lillard. It, it's a difficult game to judge, so you don't judge it. You don't judge it. It's not a game you can judge. You can't use the Milwaukee Bucks as a barometer for how the Suns are. 
you could just say they got the win. They, yeah. they got the win in the basketball game. They got the win. They kind of poured it on. It was a close game at the half. They kind of poured it on in the fourth quarter. They got up by 15. Bucks made a little bit of a run, but not the way you ever felt like the Suns were going to lose the basketball game. And the Suns come away with the win at home, and you take it. That's all. You just take it, and you, you put it in the bank, and you go away with it. Yeah, it doesn't mean you also toss it and throw away the trash either, the things that happened last night. There are things that, that you pull from last night's game and trends that you're looking for. And obviously, you know, I'm alluding to the fourth quarter. And I'll, you know, the, I'll take the fourth quarter of any game. And I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if it's Atlanta on the road. I don't care if it's Orlando on the road. I don't care if it's Indiana. I don't care if it's the Bucks with all their players intact or without all their players intact. I want to know how the Suns finish these games because it's been such a struggle for them. And yeah, I would agree with you. It's it's the Bucks when they're missing two of their top three and three of their top four or five. Yes, they're clearly a different team. But the Suns have had their own internal issues in finishing games last night. And in that regard... I thought last night, and not just because they outscored the Milwaukee Bucks in the fourth quarter for only the second time in the last eighth game, but I thought last night there were more encouraging things from the fourth quarter than negative things in the fourth quarter. Yeah, things got wonky. There was about three minutes to go, right? A lot of turnovers, a lot of bad decisions on offense. The Bucks at one point, what, kind of seven, if I remember right, after the Suns had a 15-point lead. But yeah, I, they got it to, um, did they get it to seven? They I, got, I think they got it to seven. To seven. Yeah. yeah, I got, yeah, probably. I got 107.99. They cut it to eight. They cut it to yeah. eight with 137 to go. hit a free throw yeah. after then, a Nurk turnover, yeah. and it made it 107.99. After Beal missed two free throws, the Bucks had a chance, but they missed a three. Then Beal had the step-back dagger, and I think that, to me, was the big takeaway in the fourth quarter of that game. Beal? That was Bradley Beal. Yeah. Especially was, the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, because he was missing a few shots at the start of the fourth quarter. Well, you know, they started with Nurkic, Bull, KD, Gordon, Beal. So no Devin Booker in the fourth. Right. Beal hits a three-pointer. Beal goes by Payne and scores. Beal hits a mid-range jumper. Beal misses a shot, grabs his own rebound, puts it back. We're three minutes into the fourth quarter, and he's got four baskets. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was impressive that Beal kind of took over to start that fourth quarter. He was their main scorer to start that fourth and what quarter. what I meant by when I said he missed shots, I didn't mean in the fourth quarter. I meant up until the fourth quarter. He was really, really struggling with his shot. He was 0 for 6 from and, 3. And, 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 yeah, and a lot of those were wide open, really good looks, the kind of stuff you expect Bradley Beal to hit. And I thought to me that was the number, because what have we talked? What have we been talking about for a long time now? Non-Devin Booker minutes. How do you do better in the non-Devin Booker minutes. You know there's not a great point guard out there to acquire. Hell, you know there's probably not a great player out there to acquire at the trade deadline. So if you're going to improve in the non-Devin Booker minutes, you have to improve internally. Who is the best candidate to do that? Hey, look, Bradley Beal, an all-NBA player from a few years ago, one of the best scoring guards in the NBA. He should be able to fill that void. He hasn't been able to, but I thought despite the quality of the opponent last night, the fact that he did what he did in the fourth quarter was the most positive development of the game and was the biggest thing to come out I of that game. I couldn't agree more. that's what you need moving forward. Yeah. More of that right there. Couldn't agree more. He gets those four baskets, hits the three-pointer to start the fourth. That was his first three-pointer made. He had been 0 for 6. Then he has the three other baskets. Then he goes out at the 740 mark. Book comes in. Beal goes out. Now, Beal comes back in later on because as you mentioned he hit the dagger he hit the three-pointer to make it 110.99 but I thought that that was a really I agree with you the biggest takeaway is Bradley Beal emerging as a go-to guy in the fourth quarter with Booker on the bench they needed that 
They needed that badly. The turnovers were a problem yes, they were. in the fourth quarter. Still. They had seven turnovers going into the fourth quarter. They had six in the fourth quarter. They get a little careless. They get a little sloppy. I don't know if it's fatigue. I don't know what it is. They, they, but again, six more turnovers in the fourth quarter. That's an issue. I think. What I, I, I still think it's mental. Because I, 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 I was at the game last night. Most of those turnovers were when the game was decided. It was over. The Suns were up 15 with three and a half minutes to go. And they got careless. They thought the game was over. They eased up. They, they eased back on the throttle a little bit. They, they, they stopped. You know, what was so great about that fourth quarter, in addition to Bradley Beal, was just how aggressive overall they all were. They, they weren't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't sense them. One of my biggest complaints about their fourth quarters was how they seem to be more interested in killing clock than they do in running their offense. Yeah. I didn't get that vibe. Until there was about three minutes to go. And then it looked like they were just far more interested in running that 24-second shot clock down as far as they possibly could. And then that led to just kind of lazy, mentally soft kind of play that all of a sudden, before you knew it, it's an eight-point game. And you thought, if Milwaukee hits another shot, this is a two-possession game. So it's, it's that stuff that they still have to work on. But I thought it was much better last night. Much up until the last two minutes yeah, of the game. Yeah, I, t- I, I agree. The Beal thing was interesting. Again, hard game to judge with the Bucks players out so you don't judge it just take it as they got to win that's great um the bucks finish what one in four and on that road trip when you know doc rivers they, they played hard the bucks played hard give them credit beasley kept hitting shots Giannis was trying to do what he could kd did pretty scored 34 but kd did a pretty good job on him but you come away with a victory yeah you do uh and frank vogel is happy with it now the utah jazz tomorrow night now the nba trade deadline tomorrow and when we come back on the burns and gambo show speaking of exactly that Trades starting to happen around the league. We just referenced one a second ago, made by a player, made by a team involving a player. The Suns might have been interested in it. Are the Suns close to any moves? Gambo will give you the latest, so keep it right here on the Burns and Gambo Show on Arizona Sports. It's Luke. The NBA trade deadline is fast approaching, so what could be looming for the Phoenix Suns? We'll give you the latest tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. And that's exactly what we're talking about here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Wednesday afternoon as we welcome you back in to those of you listening here on Arizona Sports. Maybe you're watching us on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Arizona Sports, I believe, is where you can find us. You can subscribe to Arizona Sports on YouTube and watch the show. Are we like that, like YouTube to? sensations now? Uh, not yet. No, okay. Let's give it some time. Let's see how many viewers we get. <laughs> okay. I don't think we're quite. I don't think we're quite YouTube sensations. Slow your roll, there, my friend. Slow your uh, slow your roll. I don't know. I've always just heard that YouTube. Sens- I don't even know what it means, but you know. You've heard what about YouTube sensations? No, that you know that's just the line. YouTube. Oh, YouTube sensation. YouTube yeah, sensation. I, I think we've got a long way to go before we're YouTube sensations. Have mm-hmm. you seen us? I mean, come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. got a long way to go. Yeah, we got a way to go. Long way to go. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have a caller segment later on in the show about the trade deadline, and of course, we'll always take your text messages on the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty. If you have some thoughts about what you would like to see the Suns do, what you would like to see the Suns not do, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text at six twenty six twenty, and of course, as always, when we get a chance, we'll read some of them on the air because we want to hear what you have to say about it. We are less than a day away. It's one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. There have been a couple of moves today in the NBA, none involving the Phoenix Suns, but. Certainly 
necessarily involving one that was a player that was starting to get a little traction with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And he instead is going to the Detroit Pistons. That is Simone Fontecchio from the Utah Jazz to Detroit. Yeah, I checked in with Utah last night. The Suns had some interest, of course. And then this morning, uh, the Jazz were able to get a deal done uh, with the Pistons. Um, the, you know, they weren't. They, they were, the Suns were linked to two players from the Jazz on a, was it a Zach Lowe podcast? Um, was it Zach Lowe? I, I can't remember exactly. Okay. There have been so many. Yeah. <laughs> there I, have been so many sources. I know. This, I, I can't keep it all straight. I, Somewhere. I, I, I don't know. I have it here. It, so doesn't, it doesn't ultimately matter a ton. So Right. So th- that's what happened. It was uh, the, the Lowe podcast. Zach Lowe said the Jazz is showing an increased willingness to deal. Trade machine mainstay Kelly Olnick. Um the Suns are mentioned here, but I will tell you the Suns are not interested in Kelly in Kelly Olnick. They weren't interested in him, but they were interested in Simone Fontecchio. Um, they were interested. He's an Italian kid. He's been in the league for a couple of years. He could shoot. He could defend a little bit. They like him. The Jazz liked him, too, but they were able to get a very high second-round pick for him from Detroit. It's going to be Washington's second-round pick that Detroit's going to give them. The Suns tried to get him, so I'm not going to say they didn't. Yes, they tried to get him. They just didn't, again, with the assets the become assets. a problem. Just don't have them. A team just gives, don't have them. Yeah, I mean, you're the Utah Jazz. You could have the the you could have the Washington Wizards second round pick for you know that Detroit's giving you, which is going to be one of the top picks in the it's basically second a late round. First, it's basically a first rounder. Or you could have two other second rounders. It's a no brainer. So the Suns just didn't have the assets to get it done. But yes, they liked Fontecchio. No, they're not really interested in Kelly Kelly Olnick. And then today, I was able to basically. You know, get this out there because I know a lot of people, and some people said, is this really newsworthy? Yeah, it is because a lot of people just want the Suns to get better players. The Phoenix Suns will not trade for a player unless it is someone who could be a part of their eight to nine man playoff rotation. Has to be a different make, difference maker. They're not going to give away any of these assets for someone who's going to be their 10th, 11th, or 12th guy. So we could say, to just get better players, try to get better at 10, get better at 11. They're not looking for anybody that can help them in the regular season. If they can get a guy that could be part of their nine-man playoff rotation, they'll make a trade. If not, they won't. Yeah. They will not make a trade. But I think that's basically what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the, that's not... I mean, I, I understand the reaction to it because isn't that what basically you and I have been saying for the better part of the last week and a half or so, that you need a better seventh best player, you need a better eighth best player, that yeah. that's what you should be but looking for? But I think for? a lot of people felt like, just get better. Get, you know, get better, get better than Kata Bates-Diep. Get better than Utah uh, Watanabe. Those guys aren't going to play. Yeah, I, I, I was... I For me all along, it was find a guy who can be your better seventh best player, your better eighth best right. player, which is why I, I don't know about you. I mean, there was another deal today. The Celtics acquired Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies for a couple of second round picks. Okay. And, and he's actually a guy they can control moving forward. Um, so that was another deal that went down today. I'm getting very comfortable with the idea that nothing's going to happen tomorrow. For I'll Suns. comment on Xavier Tillman. Okay. The Suns kicked the tires on Xavier, Xavier Tillman but ultimately decided that he wouldn't be good enough to be in that rotation. That was a, they looked at a they looked at a lot of guys. Okay. The Suns did they did, yes, they looked at Xavier Tillman. They kicked the tires on Xavier Tillman. But in the end the feeling was he's not a guy that's good enough to break their nine-man rotation. Okay, so between that and the limited assets that they have, all right? And the idea that they're kind of setting and I think it's smart. 
think it's very, very intelligent of them to set a threshold because they've got so limited assets that they can send out, right? Like they just don't, they don't have a whole lot. They've got Nasir Little and they've got some second round picks and that's about it. A couple of trade exceptions, not a whole lot. You can't, you can't shoot your shot for a guy who's your 10th best player. You've wasted your shot if you go get a guy who's your 10th best player. Well, yeah, won't You've happen. wasted your shot if you get an 11th best player. That is why, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to 1 o'clock tomorrow and the Suns haven't done a thing. Yeah, this Because I just don't think there's anything for them to do. Yeah, there's a good shot. Listen, I've said all along, Miles Bridges was a long shot. Doesn't mean they're not trying to get him, but it's a long shot. You know, it would take... It would take Char. It would take him vetoing his no trade. It would take Charlotte saying, "Okay, nobody else is trading for him," um, and Char- Charlotte also saying, "We don't want to keep him," you know, because they don't get his bird rights if you trade for him. So all of that talk, oh, the Suns are close to my. They, they were never close to anything with Miles Bridges. I, I'm not saying that they haven't. They've stopped trying, but it was always a long shot to get him. Could it still happen? It's prob. It's it's not probable. Like there's a chance it could still happen, but it would take a whole lot of things. Uh, for that to happen. What what you look at right now is you look at your playoff rotation. Book, Beal, and KD are going to play 40 to 42 minutes a game in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Grayson Allen and Nurkic are going to play 32 minutes a game. Eric Gordon's going to play 15, 20 minutes a game. Then you've got Bull, who's going to join us on the show, by the way, 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Bull Bull on the show at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Akogi and Eubanks to get in the rest of the minutes. So after you do, after you do Book, BLKD, Grayson, Nurk, and Eric Gordon, there's only a, a, a few minutes left to, for somebody to have. Right. And so some this guy, whoever they get, has to be better than Eubanks, Bull, or Akogi for them to make a trade. If you're not better than those three guys, you're not they're not going to trade for you. And if they don't have the assets to be able to get Simone Fontecchio from the Utah Jazz, it makes me think they don't have the assets to find a guy who is better than the guys that you just mentioned, who are better than their seventh best guy, their eighth best guy. On the FanDuel text line, a listener just texted in, Suns need to stand pat. Just let this team continue to simmer. They should be ready to cook by the playoffs. I, I I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of intelligence behind that. You know, I think there's a lot of and now there's another element to this, and that's the buyout market. And that's a different animal. That's a different deal. You know, we've talked a lot about the buyout market in the last couple of weeks and frankly in the last couple of years. The buyout market will be its own separate market. And we'll see what becomes available there. And we'll see it's the the playing field is a little more level in the buyout market, right? You don't need tremendous assets to go get a guy. And you don't need to swing a trade. You just got to be a desirable location and be willing to pay the guy what he wants. And the Suns do have some limitations in that. They can't they can't go get a buyout guy who made more than twelve and a half million dollars. So there can be some guys that they're not going to be able to get. But I do think that when the buyout market starts to settle after the trade deadline tomorrow, those are the names we should start to pay attention to because that might be a guy who is their eighth best player, somebody yeah. who can crack their rotation yeah. if that guy gets cut from a team. And I think we have to be thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, listen, they're going to try right up until the trade deadline, but there's definitely a chance that they do not make a move and they stand pat. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. As I mentioned, the Coyotes just a day away from their first game back after the All-Star break. How did GM Bill Armstrong spend the time off? Surely he's preparing for his own trade deadline in the NHL. We'll talk with the Coyotes GM next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo talk with the decision maker from the Coyotes front office. Now... 
If it feels like it's been a minute since we've had a Coyotes game to talk about, that's because it's been a minute since we've had a Coyotes game to talk about. The middle of the All-Star break. Coyotes are back in action tomorrow when they take on Vegas at home. They haven't played a game in nearly two weeks since going off for the All-Star break on a three-game losing streak, but still very much in the conversation for a playoff spot in the West. And joining us right now, as he typically does every single week, the general manager of the Coyotes, Bill Armstrong here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Bill, I hope you had a good All-Star break. I hope you got some vacay time in there. Probably not, but I hope you got a little. Uh, We took one day. It was my wife's birthday, so she has her philosophy that hockey goes on for 264 straight days, and then there's one day of her. So uh, I took my one day with her. Yeah. Was wow. it a was it a pleasant day with her? Did did you did, did you she know it this? was a full day? It woke up about six presents, cards, uh, breakfast, and then we went uh, hiking, massage, nail, uh, lunch, dinner. You know, we did it all. It, it was, and then I just checked out at twelve oh one, and I was off. <laughs> did you get your nails doing hockey? Did you get your nails done too, Bill? Just curious. I didn't. I did duck out for a couple calls. Uh, at that point, where she couldn't see me, I ducked out oh, and uh, was able to co- connect and. And make some calls. So <laughs> we won't tell her. Did she know this schedule of like one day a year is all she gets when she married you? Uh, she's aware. Yeah, she's she's aware of the hockey uh, thing. She 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 knew what she was getting into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, look between this and you threatening to trade your children for better draft pick, I, I we yeah. worry about yeah. you sometimes, Bill. You know, we 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 hope everything's okay. Work life balance, Bill. It's a tough thing in America. Work life balance. Uh, All right, let's... I have never met. I have never met anybody successful that has a good balanced life. So when you find that person, if you're really good at what you do you don't have balance no when you do find that please someone text me his name no i I say this all the time i'm terrible at work-life balance i'm awful at it there you go just so bad at at what you do i uh, but i'm so bad at work-life balance because i just you know i if i maybe if i lived in another country but in this country it's too hard let's start with clayton keller's performance in the all-star game in toronto you gotta be happy for you know for clayton with how well he played in that in that game yeah, he, he was he was great. You know, I, I know he had, had played a ton of minutes uh, before leaving to go to the the, the All Star game, and he had uh, he was just great out there. I think he was excited about playing with Matthews and Marner and and the boys, and it's just a good event. They've they've really structured the event. The NHL's done a good job of taking the input of the players, getting them excited about playing with each other and the structure of the event. So, um, and and Kels just you know he uh, he he was into it and, and made some great plays and. Uh, Produce some points. I think it was a fun event for him, and uh, he really uh, showed uh, showed well there. Well, to get your opinions on the Winter Classic, it's going to be in Chicago with the Blackhawks. It's going to be fantastic, and um, I think they play in the Blues. Could, could a could a Winter Classic ever be here in Arizona? Is it even possible? I, I do. I dream of the day that we can connect somehow uh, the Phoenix Open um, with all the people in town. Um, and somehow put an event close, uh, you know, something with the mountains in the background and just and just kind of do a huge, huge night here. And uh, I think it would be an amazing, I think it would be the best one ever. I, I think it can be done. Um, uh, it's just, you know, what, when can we do it? You know, I think the NHL is, uh, has, has known there, there could be an unbelievable winter classic here. Um, and uh, I think one day there will be, and I think it would be a massive event for our organization. Okay, this is going to sound like a dumb question, but I'll go ahead and ask the dumb yeah. question. Can it, can it, is it cold enough here to be able to, to do a hockey game outdoors? I, I mean, it, it, I'm yeah. just asking yeah. for a friend, you know, kind of thing. 
Uh, with the new technology they have, absolutely. Okay. Um, they, they can get this done. And uh, and I'm telling you, I think if we played Vegas here, I think it would be a massive night for for the Yotes fans and just a huge rivalry and just in outdoors. I think, I think it, would, it couldn't get any better than that. Let's talk about going into the break. You guys had that tough, tough road trip with Florida, Tampa, yeah. and Carolina 0-3. You were right there uh, in a spot for the playoffs, but dropping those three games, you got four teams ahead of you right now. Do you think the break yeah. did this team any good? I do because we, we were, we're healthy. Dumba's back, Dermot's back, Hayden's back. You know, and we were able to pick up a real big centerman off waivers too. So we're we're coming back with some energy and some life. It's it's really a tough schedule for us in February, um, but but this is what what we dreamt of and, and to play meaningful games where we're in the hunt against good teams. This is this is what we want. You know, it's and and you look out at our group at times. We're the se- I believe we're the second youngest team in the National Hockey League. And I looked out at one point. You know, there was Kesselring and Soderstrom and Ingram and Carconio over to. You know, Gunther and, and Cooley, we're, we're a young squad. So to be under pressure like this is going to help us grow. Give me your thoughts on Hayton coming back because he's been out since what? Was it mid-November he went out? It's been a while yeah. um, with yeah. that hand. He'll be he'll be out there tomorrow night. But what do you expect from him having missed so much time? Uh, we expect a lot from him. He, he's, he's really our unsung hero behind the scenes. Our team goes when he's in the lineup, you know, he has that ability to drive the net. He calms everything on the ice. He wins draws, big draws. You know, he's on your power play. He's on your PK. And, you know, he has the ability to play with, with high end guys and really compliment them and, and make them even better than they are. And he's done that with Schmoltz and Keller, and he'll get a chance to, to play with the young guys in, in, in Cooley and, and Gunther tomorrow. So he's going to be a big part coming back for us. It'll take us, take him a few games to get up and running, but, he is a big part of our team. Bill Armstrong, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, the general manager of the Coyotes as they get ready to take on Vegas and open up the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule for the Yotes. Your message to us has always been, the guys will let me know whether we're going to be a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline with yeah. how they're playing and how they're approaching the game. How important, and this is an obvious question, but from your perspective, what do you need to see and what are you looking for in these next couple of weeks to decide exactly how you're going to approach the trade deadline, which is coming up in a few weeks in the NHL? Well, we, we have to stay in the hunt. And to do that, you got to win against these teams. And these are big teams that are coming our way. So it's going to be a tremendous challenge. We need to, we need to, get, we need to beat the top teams to kind of stay in it. And in uh, the next 10 games, you know, it's going to give us a really good outlook of where we're moving whether we're buyers or sellers. Do you have a message for the guys? Do you communicate with it to the guys, or is it is it unspoken or unnecessary? Well, I think our, our, our group really wanted to, to, to be, number one, is get a team that could compete. Um, and, and we've done that. We've put a team that can compete on every night and now have that opportunity to fight to get into the playoff spot. So they, they kind of know where, where, where it stands and, 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 and where the team's at. And, um, you know they've they've got an opportunity here. We got games in hand, and and uh, we got some home dates. So uh, we're we're in the fight. You know it's uh, it's up to the players now to, to kind of get it get it done. Uh, you mentioned him earlier, but let's talk about your your addition off waivers from Calgary, Adam Ruzica. He uh, big, another big player. You like the size, I know that, but he's only twenty four yep. years old. You know he he was playing pretty well for them. Slovakian kid. He was a fourth round draft pick in two thousand seventeen. You claim him off of waivers. What do you expect from him right off the bat? 
Well, it, well, hopefully we can ease him in and get him used to the systems and who he's playing with. But what he has is the ability as he's really good at. He can play power play. He's really good at, at making plays and making people better around him. He's got a great skill level for a big man. Um, and, and he's also got the factor that he's, he's pretty good in all zones. Like, he, he can kind of do it all. Um, we're looking for big things out of him. We'll see if that, that, that transpires. Um, you know, he's going to work in the lineup and probably start from the fourth line and see if he can work his way, way up and, and play some meaningful minutes for us. But uh, I, I've known the player since all the way back from Sarnia to Sudbury and watch him in the American League to the NHL. And uh, he, he's got he's got something for our team. He gives us a little bit of size through the middle, and, he, and he's a skilled hockey player. Yeah, and I think you want that, especially on that fourth line. You want that physical presence. And at 6'4", he's got the size, and he plays a physical game. So I'd imagine that he does fit in very well right off the bat with you on that fourth line. Yeah, he does. And uh, I, I think, you know, it, it also gives us a little bit of depth in the center. And it's the most important position, uh, other than goaltending, it's the most important position to kind of drive the offense. And we've been kind of fighting all year to uh, for our centers to be healthy. So right now that he gives us an advantage uh, going down the stretch. So we've got some depth in that position. Bill, we appreciate the time as always. Uh, tell your wife we said happy birthday uh, belatedly. And uh, good luck with the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule, man. We appreciate the time as always, all right? Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Thanks, Bill. Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Coyotes. They're taking on Vegas tomorrow. They haven't played in nearly two weeks. They're back on home ice tomorrow against the Golden Knights. I do want to announce real quick. I'm not going to announce. Well, you know what? I'll tease it. I'll mention it when we come back. Uh, a move in the NBA today, a Western Conference team ahead of the Phoenix Suns added a player. We'll tell you who got what or whatever. Next on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll also talk about the big three and how they looked against the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Maybe nitpicking a little bit for a second or two about the big three last night as well. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. The Burns and Gambo need to know social poll. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Mitch is with us. He's got today's Twitter poll question of the day. Trade deadline is 22, give or take hours away. Phoenix Suns haven't made any moves yet. Gambo talked about it a couple of segments ago. A couple of guys are off the board. We'll see what the Suns are able to do. The Minnesota Timberwolves did make a move today, getting Monty Morris from the Detroit Pistons. Now, he hasn't played a whole lot this year. He's had a quad injury that's really limited him. When healthy, and he's just trying to get back on track to being healthy, He's a good backup point guard. The Minnesota Timberwolves just made themselves a better basketball team today, assuming that Morris is healthy and can go. So that's yeah. something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, he's he. I like him as a player. He can help if he's healthy. He can help them. All right. So with that in mind, Mitch, you got the poll question. What you got for us today? Would you like me to start with teams behind or teams ahead? Teams ahead. We got two questions today. They're both real good. Teams ahead of the Suns. Okay. So, based on where the Suns are in the standings right now, they're sixth seed, so there's five teams ahead of them, but I only chose four. I left out the reigning champs. Of these teams ahead of the Suns in the standings, who would worry you most if they were to improve their roster ahead of the deadline? The teams ahead of them, the Clippers, the Thunder, the Timberwolves, as you just mentioned, or the Kings? And the question is, who am I worried about the most? Yeah, Should they, they improve their team ahead of the deadline? If they okay, make a this, move at the deadline. This is an interesting question. Give me the four teams again. Clippers. Okay. Thunder. Wolves. Kings. You know, the easiest answer is the Clippers, but I'm not going to go there because I think I'm already worried about them. <laughs> okay? Proper. I'm already worried That's about them. It's proper to worry about them. Yeah. They're in first place right now. That's like a four-way tie for this. I'm going to say 
the Timberwolves. Okay. I'm going to say the Thunder because they've got so many picks that if they wanted to do something big, they could do something big. Like they've they've got the inventory to go swing a big deal if they want. They do. So I would say the Thunder would be the team because I, I think they could, if there's an impactful guy to get, the Thunder certainly could go get that guy. Put me down for OKC. You guys are being good talk show hosts because you're taking the non-obvious answers and explaining why these options should actually be better than the obvious answer. Which, yeah. Clippers are at 86% okay. of this vote. I don't think there's much for them to do. No, they got three players. It's like the Suns. They got three players that are going to play 40 minutes a game in right. the playoffs. Right. Which, and they've got valuable role players that are going to play 30. And then, like, where else can you fit somebody in? Which we're going to talk about in a second. Now, there's a back end of this question, too. You're asking the same thing, but you're looking in the rearview mirror instead of through the front window, right? Yeah, so to simplify it, flip the standings now. Of the four teams behind the Suns, who would worry you most if they were to improve at the deadline? The Pelicans, the Mavericks... The Lakers or the Jazz? Pelicans. Yeah, Pelicans. But the Mavs are close. The Mavs are close, but the Pelicans would worry me the most because I think they're really good. The fans disagree. Mavericks getting 59% of this vote. Pelicans and Lakers tied at 19%. I watched the end of the game last night before the Suns game. Luca was day one, but Luca was exhausted. <laughs> Get on the treadmill, hey, dude. That bad guy. He couldn't move at the end of that basketball game. Get on game. the treadmill, dude. He was out there, hey, but he it's really hard. He had a mask on. You know, it's tough. Looked like an eighty-five-year-old man with like two knee replacements trying to move out there. By the way, as you see, no tribute video for Kyrie Irving and his return to Brooklyn last night. No, they did gave KD one, but they didn't. Did, did, did you see one? Did you hear somebody <laughs> said, "Kyrie, what happened? How come you didn't do this when you were here with the Nets?" He's like, you can thank Mayor Adams for that. <laughs> and campaign, by the way, didn't get one either. I was at the game last night. Didn't get a what? They didn't get a tribute video. Oh. I can say the word now. Uh, I was banned from saying it yesterday. They they put him on the big screen and he waved and he kind of made some goofy faces and that was about it. All right, those are the poll questions. You can find them on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. And I've got some uh, FanDuel text line text I want to read here in a minute, too, about the trade deadline, which is coming tomorrow at 1 o'clock, of course. Keep it right here and, you know, to get... Signed up Gambo's X account because if there's news, he's going to have it at Gambo987 if you want the latest of what's going on with the trade deadline. In the meantime, one other note from last night's game for the Suns. Let's talk about this for a couple of minutes. Okay. I looked at it and thought that is what a playoff game is going to look like for the Phoenix Suns. Heavy, heavy, heavy shots for the big three. Little shots for everybody else. It, yeah. it an eight man rotation. Everything was tight. I if I got the impression right, you kind of looked at that as a negative from last night's what, game. In, in one thing, in one way, and I know you're going to agree with me here. I know you're going to agree with me here because you've, you've met just met many times. Grayson Allen can't take one shot in the first first half. He can't can't take four shots in a game. He's one of the best three-point shooters. He is the best three-point shooter in the NBA. He's got, they've got to find a way to take five of their shots and get Grayson Allen shots. And I know you agree with I me. I do agree Grayson with this, Allen yes. had one shot at halftime. He's the best three-point shooter in the league. Took four shots in the game. Four shots in the game. So listen, I agree with you. If Nurk takes nine, okay, no problem. Mm -hmm. If Eric Gordon takes what Eric Gordon take last three, night, took three shots. Okay, you know four, what? Four shots. I'm sorry. Four. I, you know, I could live with that. I can't agree, and I understand that. That's and I, there's things I like about it. So let me start here because I, I, I'm got a lot of things I want to say. 
I I think that that's a great recipe for success is spreading the wealth between those three guys and not having one guy be the 42-point guy, another guy being a 25-point guy, and another guy being a 16-point guy. Mm -hmm. I think they're better suited when all three guys are really dangerous out there like they were last night, especially in spurts. So I think that's the best way for them to play. But they didn't hit a lot of threes last night. And come playoff time, you're going to need to hit more threes. They got by last night. They didn't hit any threes. And Grayson Allen, one shot like... That to me was that stood out like a sore thumb to me as a negative with the success of the big three. I do. I agree with you that I'd like to see more shots for Grayson Allen. I'd even say I'd like to see a few more for Eric Gordon. I just I got done watching that game last night and I took a look at the box score and I thought I think we're going to see a lot of playoff games that look like this: twenty-two shots for Bradley Beal, twenty-one shots for Devin Booker, twenty-one shots for Kevin Durant. They combine for sixty-five of the eighty-seven shots. Now maybe maybe there needs to be some more balance with the role players, but I think I suspect. They're going to try to win a lot of basketball games like this in April and like this in May. You've got three of the best offensive players. Use them. Let them shoot. Let them cook and see what they can do. I think the other thing, and this was this was Frank Vogel's big takeaway from the game last night, Kevin Durant and his defense against Giannis. The story of the game defensively starts with Kevin Durant guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he continues to just impress our group with uh, you know, his willingness to guard the other team's best players, you know, sometimes perimeter guys, sometimes power players like Giannis, and, uh, and wanting to take on that challenge and doing a great job with it. You know, I mean, Giannis had some decent numbers tonight, but I thought he he on the ball, KD on the ball was really good. And then I thought our team disposition with with Giannis was really good. He didn't get a, a, a ton of uh, easy looks at the basket. Uh, got a couple, and um, you know, I don't think feel like we gave up a ton of threes because of our our uh, commitment to him. But holding that team to 48 points in the paint is a strong strong defensive effort for us. He played a big lineup of times last night. I loved it. A I center, Noel Bowl, and KD. Yeah, and the center rotated between Nurk and Eubanks, but a yeah. center, KD, and Bobo on the floor at the same time. Yeah, I liked Frank Vogel's approach. We're not going to let Giannis go for fifty, <laughs> okay? They don't have Middleton's out after the first quarter. They don't have Dane. They don't have Lopez knocking down threes. We can win this game if Giannis doesn't simply take over. So I'm going to put some big bodies there because Giannis likes to drive to the basket and dunk the basketball. Um, so I put some big bodies in there and distract them a little bit. And Kevin Durant did a good job on him. You can say. Oh, held him to 34. Okay, but yeah. I mean, that was the way they were going to win. You just couldn't let him go for 50 or 60 in the game. Especially with no Dame Lillard, especially with no Brooke Lopez, no Chris Middleton. I thought Vogel's message to Kevin Durant, honestly, I I was thinking about this this morning. I think that was just as much a, a message to the rest of the team as it was to the media. Hey, this is Kevin Durant, one of the best offensive players in the NBA. Look at him busting his ass out there trying to defend Giannis Antetokounmpo. You guys do the same thing. The rest of you do the same thing. You know how sometimes coaches will have a message for their team when they're saying stuff like that? Uh I suspect that might have been Frank Vogel's message to his entire team. I want you to bust ass defensively the way Kevin Durant was busting ass defensively out there, the way he was trying out there, you know, because that's been lacking a lot this season for the Suns. I think he was using KD as a little bit of as, a, as an example for the rest of his team to follow last yeah, time. Yeah, very, very, you know, KD's willingness to guard the one, you know, one of the best players in the world. While and, putting up 30 points a night, right? Right. Yeah, that's hard to do. Yes. And he did a great job of it. Time to go courtside. Going to talk about the win last night, the trade deadline, the state of the Phoenix Suns right now. Kellen Olsen, our Suns guru for his weekly segments, is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.